Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. Today, you are listening to an episode of Game Tape where we break down a recent improv show we had. But today's kind of special because we're not talking about one show, but we're sort of breezing over six shows that we had in the socially distant improvs March Madness bracket. There were 64 teams, and we made it to the final two. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but we were in the championship, and it was super, super fun. Without any further ado, here's me and Trav and Pish talking about March Madness. You're listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. Are you a little nervous because it's been a second since we recorded a game tape? Yeah, it's yeah, because I mean, I want to sound intelligent. I don't want to sound like a fucking idiot that I am. Just treat it like an audition and Travis and I shall judge you. We'll judge you and we'll tell you whether or not you did it. That'll job. make you feel good. Mm-hmm. All right. We're talking about our six shows from our March Madness bracket of improv. It's socially distant improv organized six shows we had we made it all the way to the championship yeah we did Woo! and that's all you need to know we're the miami heat of last year nailed it nice can i be tyler hero no i'm tyler hero <sighs> can i be bam Adebayo? yes pish is jimmy butler okay yeah who doesn't want to be jimmy butler anyways oh, i want to be jimmy butler i just am charmed by tyler hero's Youth, probably. I don't know. I wanted to be Tyler Hero because, yeah, like the expectations were low for him. And then everyone was like, whoa, he's really good. But Jimmy Butler, I can't, I'm not, I can't call myself Jimmy Butler. That's Jimmy Butler knows he's great and he delivers. And I don't have that kind of confidence. So maybe I'm Jimmy Butler. (laughs) You are Jimmy (laughs) Butler. Before we get started, just want to read one of our Apple podcasts reviews. Thank you to everyone who leaves us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. It helps us out. This one's from someone who calls themselves I Heart Jude Law. That could be me. I I Heart Jude Law. What if it's Jude Law? If Jude Law listens to our podcast, I just want to take this opportunity to say, hey, invite us over for dinner sometime. What are you doing Friday night? And I'd like to say, Jude Law, I've seen closer, like, 300 times. She's a super fan. She'd be creepy to invite over, invite me or Travis over (laughs) instead. Yeah, we will play it so cool. I will not play it cool. (laughs) Anyways, this person who said, I heard Jude Law said, this podcast is excellent. It's a very interesting listen. Whether you've been doing improv for 10 years or you don't even know what improv is and everyone in between. And then gives a thumbs up emoji at the end. Aw. Well, thanks, Jude Law. Yeah. Pish... While you were reading that, that it's just sounded to me like you didn't believe it. You know what? I, I heart Jude Law, I think, is really getting at something important here. If it is Jude Law, if he named his Apple account, I heart Jude Law, that's a representation of his self-love. And so... Right. Right? And so that's something that I am consistently trying to learn better in my own life. And you know what? Maybe I'm not there yet, Anatasha. 
Andrew is a god can be your new hashtag. I like it. If you uh, if you have a podcast out there and you see a review from someone ca- calling themselves Andrew is a god, you know it's Andrew. Hey man, there can only be one Jimmy Butler. All right, let's talk about these. Wait, well, hold shows on before we before we get into those shows, I want to shout out another podcast because I've been listening to so many improv podcasts lately, and there's a really cool one. Uh, it's called Improv Is Dead, and I'm a big fan of anyone doing anything unique. Have you guys listened to this podcast at all? I have not yet. Nope, Tell me never. About it. It's a couple guys out of Chicago, and they bring in guests every week, like we do with our artist brain, and they sort of pick their brain for a couple minutes, but then they do an improv show over their podcast but that what they do before they post the podcast is they digitally i forget what they call it they have a term for it but basically they put in like a soundtrack and they put in foley sound effects and they put in they like produce the improv show that they improvised with a little more elevated production value and it's super fun and super unique so anyone looking for more improv content that's a little different from what else is out there it's called improv is dead they're doing a great job i love i love what they're doing over there Wow, that sounds cool. I love when you can elevate your work with care and a production value. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Now back to us, the the meat and potatoes of this episode. Finally, we're here at the main event. I just have to start out by saying I'm so grateful that we got to perform six times in one month. That consistency actually taught us a lot about not only performing improv on Zoom, but about doing improv because it's something that we haven't, it's been something that we've been struggling with in transitioning to doing it online. There's definitely something wonderful to be said about, you know, those times when you'd have four or five shows in a week, if you had an off show, you can take what you learned from that show, bring a new intention to the next show and immediately see growth. And there's something really cool about having them multiple days in a row because I, I really feel like they build on one another. So that is, so it was very fun to have three nights of shows in a row. I thought I had a blast. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's like doing reps. Like every athlete practices, they do their things and they have reps where they do them over and over again. And we got, not only did we get our own great performance reps, but then we had the opportunity to watch other people do their work as well. I feel like we had more growth in that over the course of this bracket. What am I trying to say? Our improv got better faster than it has over the course of this whole pandemic. Yeah. Also, I feel like things just came together. Like there was a lot of things that we have been working on that suddenly clicked. Mm-hmm. And I thought our our last show especially felt really whole. It didn't feel like a bunch of scenes kind of thrown together. Like nice bookends and... I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, you know, watching back the shows that we had, just technically, by the end, we had all figured out some version of good camera quality and good audio quality. I think before that point, there was always something that was a little janky. My audio was pretty bad there for a while. I was using Streamlabs OBS, which was a little janky here and there, accidentally pressing the wrong buttons and having my screen slide off to the side. Upping. The production quality, I think, actually produced a more watchable improv set. It matters. It does. Like, it matters. You know, it just like having good lights on a stage or wearing something specific to present yourself on stage. It's like all of those things 
not only elevate the audience's experience, but I think they put you in the right mindset to flow better. I'm excited to try out OBS. I haven't yet, but I just figured out a better camera system and mic and stuff, which is really exciting. Yeah, it reminds me of when we were talking to Jim and Sam and they're talking about the difference of playing, you know, at a laundromat on their tour versus playing on a stage. I'll still on Zoom, but when we light our living rooms and we take the time to get good sound and like we've all kind of invested in better cameras and we've we've found this space for us that just feels heightened and it really does make a difference. I think it makes a difference for us and for the viewer. Yeah. Shout out to our matchy matchy lights. That was like, I don't know why I was getting a kick out of being like, we all got like a blue and a red or a purple thing going on and two different light colors. I was like, oh. It's like we were wearing matching shirts. So cute. It is. But it also serves to, uh, to me, it feels like when I watch the shows back, it like connects the scenes like a fish and I are having a conversation and our backgrounds are similar colored tones. I'm like, oh, I I can buy that we're in the same space a little easier. Totally. It's kind of fun. Zoom improv, I think, is here to stay. And I think there's a lot of people that don't see that yet. And they don't see the opportunities that it does provide. We're able to do a show organized by someone, Kimberly Alou. Thank you so much, Kim. Little shout out for organizing this whole thing and socially distant improv from the beginning of the pandemic. It's been amazing. But like our interview with Roy Yannick, Kim talking about the fact that they've been able to play with people in India, improvisers that you would never potentially otherwise meet. I think that is such a unique, beautiful experience that opens up the world of improv. And I think learning these production skills is a necessary stepping stone to just get you in a more professional space there. Because I I don't know how it's going to manifest in the future, but I feel like it will. Yeah, a couple things. One, Kim is amazing. She was such an incredible host. I just wanted to I just wanted to also say that. Two, we should totally do more like double header Zoom shows with like people from around the world because it was so fun. We, we played with a lot of East Coast teams during the bracket, and it was really fun to see the similarities in community culture and also the differences in comedy and, like, just being able to play with somebody from the East Coast that we've never met was really cool. That's such a good point. First of all, let me just pile on here for Kim. She was incredible, and the the event she put together was amazing, and it was executed perfectly so shout out kim follow her on instagram i think it's at alu underscore who second of all you're so right Tosh. like one of the biggest pluses of this zoom thing is that it can connect people from around the world and for our shows i feel like we haven't taken advantage of that yet and we absolutely should so if you're an improv team listening to this and you want to play with us, send us a message. Yes. Okay, let's let's dig into some of the improv and what made these shows fun. I had a lot of fun during these shows with y'all. Same. Yeah, when I got off stage or off camera, I guess, I told Jacob, I was like, whoa, I really, um, I know that I had fun and I did my best because I don't remember anything. Like I got into that zone place where after I stepped off stage, I was like, what happened? I don't even know, but I had fun. And um, I haven't felt that a ton over Zoom. And so I was just so pleased, so pleased to have that feeling again. So let's just jump into some things that we loved from all of these improv shows that we did. 
I can start by talking about the first show that we had, which was just me and Travis. I was definitely scared to show up to a March Madness competition without you, Tasha. Really? Oh. Yeah, of course. I mean, I love it. I love the energy that we have as a three-person team. I also love our two-person performances. I think we always have fun with those. And actually, it's probably a little easier to listen and edit in a two-person Zoom improv show, but I still missed you. But Travis and I had a really, really fun show. I think our relationships and our emotional connection was very grounded. We had very big emotional reactions. The stakes were really big. Yeah, we started out of the gate. Our first scene of the whole tournament, a son and a father talking about getting dressed for an eighth grade graduation. You look fine. Don't talk to me like that. I know I don't, so don't say that I do. Son, listen to me. You look great. Where's your gun? Give me your gun. I know I'm not. Okay. Hey, Brandon. I sold the gun. Okay. I got rid of it. You sold the gun? I said, do you have a background check? And he said, yes. So I gave him, I sold him my gun. Okay. You don't background check. Background checks are, you, they can't trust anyone that does a background check. I, I, I dated someone who had a background check. She, she tried to kill me. No, she didn't try to kill you. She tried to take you to an olive garden. She didn't know I, you have celiacs. Someone doesn't do their research. Why should I think that I'm going to be in a relationship with them? I don't trust you. I don't trust anybody, okay? You're out to get me. I'm your father. I want what's best for you. Dad, this is my eighth grade graduation. What the fuck do you think I'll be able to do after this if I show up in some shoddy hand-me-down suit? Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> do you know, I'm, I'm sorry, Brandon. Oh, my eye. I'm sorry. Ugh. Do you know what I wore to my eighth grade graduation? A reptile's costume. I wore a reptile's costume and I had a bowl cut, Brandon. Bowl cuts fucking rock if you own it. It's all about confidence, dad. It's all about confidence. There he is. It's all about confidence. It's all about confidence, Brandon. Now put on your bolo tie and your fedora. All right, see you on that stage. Hey, I love you. It was high emotion. It was a grounded relationship and it was beautiful. Travis was slapping me. I was yelling at him and telling him to kill me because I was so scared about looking bad. I wish that I, I should have gone back to watch the show. I'm sorry. I wish that I had watched it. <laughs> you would probably learn a lot from us, honestly. Well, somebody did make the comment that you can't spell Storm Chaser without Anatasha, which, by the way, if anyone needs any gift ideas, I'd like that on a shirt. Wait, wait, wait. Who who made that comment when and where? We need evidence that it wasn't you at some point. It wasn't point. me. It was somebody during the championship show. 
I'll go back and find it. But go ahead, Travis. I'm sorry that I cut you off to brag about my cool sh- new shirt. No, it's totally fine. You, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't even need to be here if you want me to leave. I can. <laughs> uh, no, I, I was thinking about that show. It feels so long ago and I barely remember much about it. But I do remember just really feeling like we were locked in. We were really connected to each other. And I think the pace of the show and the edits were really fun. Just that first scene, I think, started with me telling you that you looked fine. And that was just looking at you and checking in and you had an air of insecurity. And it was like, it it all felt very organic, which was, it's my favorite way to improvise. And I feel like it, the whole show had that type of energy. Yeah, I really liked that. Because when you said to me, you look fine. In my head, I was like, okay, well, my character does not think that he looks fine. And I tried to make that the biggest choice possible. So I was like, not only do I not think I look fine, I want this person to mercy kill me. I really have a lot of fun with characters being just at the height of whatever they're feeling. Way to make that important. It's not just I look bad. It's like, I wish someone would kill me. (laughs) (laughs) We can really jump around. We I actually didn't re- have time to rewatch the championship show, so that's the. I feel like that's the show that I had the most things I wanted to say about. Actually, I know that Travis the championship talk- show. Yeah, the championship show. I know that Travis had a little bit of technical fluster coming into the show, but he was such a freaking champ. I had no idea. No, oh, thank you. Yeah, that whole show, I was like, I was, I had was traveling because of work, so I had to bring all my setup to somebody else's house and their connection was spotty and they had the four-year-old like screaming in the next room and i was like ah, the whole show i felt like so stressed but that thank you for saying that it means a lot the suggestion i believe i asked like what's the worst thing that you could say in response to i love you and so then the suggestion was thank you and i actually felt like that unrequited love ended up really being a through line in the show and that it we tied it together really well. One thing we talked about the show before that afterwards, I know we were like, oh, we think we started callbacks a little too soon and didn't have enough scene work to mine from. But the championship show, I felt like it was such a perfect balance because there was enough new scene work that then when we started callbacks, it was like thematically we went back and did the same flip of energy to every single scene of like, I love you and then thank you. And we hit everything again. And it was just really fun. I also really liked the bookends. We started the show with this like really like interesting tag in tag out or a bunch of French edits of me and Pish and then Travis coming in and being like, you said what to her? Whoa. And then like leaving and then we see more of the scene and then it's like, why did you do that, bro? No. And then leaving again. Friend zoned. Friend. Friend zoned. I, you know, because the way I understand friend stone, friends, friend stone, Flintstone. Oh my God. I'm hilarious. You know, (laughs) you are. It's one of the reasons that I love you. Uh, Bro, you said friend stone. You said friend stone. I had just eaten a Flintstone vitamin to up my game for asking her out. Bro, you can't, oh man. Are, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna kill yourself? Okay, please don't throw up. I, I just, I still want us to be friends. Please don't throw up. Uh, you threw up? You threw up on her? When someone says, don't throw up, 
Do you uh, think that really informs the body in a way in which you can just suck vomit back in somehow? Oh, uh, hey, uh, oh, 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 uh, oh, my, oh, oh. Well, oh, oh my God! I, don't, I am I don't, so sorry. I am so sorry. Please, 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 love me. Please love me. I need. Uh, no, no. And then she threw up on you, and then you threw up on her again, bro. I oh, bro. In a broken home. I am experiencing <laughs> trauma flashbacks right now, man. Oh, bro. And then that happened at the end of the show, but with um, Travis playing a dog. And I love you more than anything. I love you more than anything. Hey, 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 buddy, buddy, buddy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, uh, and you licked him all over the face? What were you thinking? Everyone was listening. I felt really listened to. It was great. We have all really trained that listening muscle through our acting training. It's something that's come very naturally to us as improvisers. I think that's something that comes easy to us is being able to listen and have big emotional reactions to offers that each other is making, which is just, it's like, that's like the heart of improv. That's like the, the filling in your Pop-Tart, you know, being able to really listen to your partner and make what they say important. I want to piggyback on this to say one of my favorite moments of the whole bracket was Tosh not even making what I said important but how I said it important. She had done this edit where she came on with a knife and was trying to mug me. And I responded in a British, Australian, Irish, maybe accent. <laughs> hey, buddy, where do you think you're going? Give me your wallet. You don't want to do this, mate. Whoa, where are you from? What? What? Whoa, what? Whoa, what? You're not American? Whoa, no! What? What? She like lost her mind that I was speaking in an accent. Like she made the accent super important. It wasn't even what I said. She just had this huge, genuine, authentic reaction to the fact that I had an accent. And that alone was enough to have this super fun, joyful scene and gave me so much to play with. So it really is all you need is to be emotionally invested to what's going on. What's what's great about the multiple shows in a row is that I think I had that reaction to you. And then in the next show, the next night, you came on with one of you came on with a good, a really good accent. And then the other two were like, this time we're all going to do it. You're trying to jump ship. I'm not letting you do that. You tell me how you feel. I feel like absolute shit, mate. You just tell me that I'm like a dog and that this girl who tells me she loves me every day doesn't actually love me and well, that I'm going to be alone forever and I'm probably going to die I alone mean, and that I mean, I'll never that. find happiness in my life and that I'm going to be sad literally until the end of my days. How do you think I feel, mate? You, I didn't say that. Dogs are the best thing in the whole world. So if she loves you like a dog, she's going to love you for your whole life. Yeah, she, well, picks up, she picks up some hug up from the bar. She's not gonna love him his whole life. She's just gonna be like boom, bing, bam, boom, bing, bong, and done. Bing, bong, 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 bong. Bing, bong, then done. You don't wanna be that. You don't wanna be bong, bong, dong. You know what I mean? You don't wanna be that. You don't wanna be that. No, I don't want that. Mate, I want a bing, bang, bing, bong, 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 b
silly game where our accents, as we know, become so understand like not understandable that they become kind of gibberish in a way that's really fun. So having multiple shows in a row, I think allowed me to do that thing Jet talks about, which is like, I'm going to make a different choice this time to a similar energetic exchange. I'm going to take the left turn. I also have to shout out something you said in one of our past game tapes, Tosh, for me to practice other accents. Because in that one scene, because now the bit was you love accents, I ended up playing three different accents and none of them were Southern. So suck it. (laughs) Another scene that I really loved, it was when we were in an ad agency discussing using poopy butthole as a phrase in a marketing campaign for a dairy product. I don't think we can put it's worth the poopy butthole on the carton. You know what I mean? I think it's a nice thought and I'm glad that people like the ice cream and I'm glad they're willing to put up with poopy buttholes and all of that. But I just, I don't think we can put it on the carton. You know what I mean? I I, 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 I think it's going to turn people off. I think we're playing with the fact that some people are lactose intolerant, but they love dairy so much that they don't mind having a booby butthole. I think it's it's calling out what people are thinking. Everybody's thinking it. Yeah. No, I, like I, we're I, playing to our audience, you know? Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Oh, I, 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 like, I, 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 like, you know, who else uses it except for people who don't want a poopy butthole? That's our main audience. People who don't want poopy buttholes. <laughs> People who don't want a big old poopy brown butthole. Nobody wants poopy buttholes. This is where being friends helps because this is something we're just, we've been saying to each other. So of course it comes up in a show. In my my fantasy, someone is like really passionate about Storm Chaser and they listen to our last game tape where Tasha coined poopy butthole as a term for moves that were bad. And then they saw the yeah. show where we said poopy we butthole probably poopy like 300 times. Back. Yeah, yeah, we did. We're bringing poopy butthole back. And it's 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 really funny because I was talking with my therapist about this. I was like, you know, I, I want to create more content. I want to put more stuff out there. And she's like, what are you so scared about? And is, is it, Are you scared that it's going to be like adolescent humor? And I'm like, I don't, it's not, I don't, you know, and it's like, I hear myself we're talking about poopy butthole and I'm having a lot of fun. And it's not, I see, this is a thing that I, I don't even know that some of my brothers and sisters would necessarily understand, but it's like to allow yourself to dumb yourself down and just have fun in a moment and forget about doing good improv and follow the fun. It's like, that was a moment that all of a sudden doing good improv just kind of fell away. And it was like, we could just be people laughing together and i thought that was a really infectious energetic fun time like is there a more fun combination of words than poopy butthole it's so fun i'm having fun saying it now and i mean that's like the great thing about being on a a team with you know your your best friends you can just uh, just be like oh this is a fun word we all want to say poopy butthole I'm going to see if I can say it as many times in this podcast as we did in the show, which would be really difficult. I think you're you're hitting on something, though, Tosh, that was a good theme for us of this whole bracket and and is a theme for us in our whole experience as a team. And Pish, you brought it up too. this. We're having fun together. And there was something about 
maybe the competition element, maybe, you know, definitely give Kim some credit for generating this fun community aspect and shout out to the other teams we got to play with because they brought a lot of fun energy. But there was something about, you know, being together in this environment that I think brought, it helped us to bring a fun energy and heightened our energy. And we did seem to really enjoy ourselves through the course of this challenge. Felt good to be around improv community again. It also reassures me of the uniqueness of the three of us as a, as a group of artists, because you realize that you're bringing something specific to the table and other teams are bringing something else. And it's a joy to watch them. And then it's a joy to be like, but I made this other dish and nobody else has the recipe for that dish. And it feels like um, it's, a, it's such a confidence booster. Also, praise rehearsal. Praise be rehearsal. Because yes, praise rehearsal. Amen and amen and amen. We had a rehearsal in between our round two and round three shows. And honestly, there was a marked difference. What you do off stage, you do on stage. Same thing. It's like if you practice, you're going to play better. And I, I hope I'm never too cool for rehearsal, man. I never want to be the person who's like, you know, we don't rehearse and is like weirdly proud of it. I'm like, don't be proud of that. Think like a musician's like, yeah, I don't ever practice. I'd be like, what? You psycho? <laughs> Agreed. I feel a similar way. And uh, I, maybe, I, maybe I'll, when I listen to this, I'll decide to cut it out because it's going to seem too judgy. But I feel similarly when improvisers are like, yeah, I don't really warm up. I, it's good that you can perform really well without warming up. That's a positive thing. But like, wouldn't you want to be the very best you can be? I, and, and I guess everyone's yeah. different. So like I said, who am I to judge? But for me, I hope I always warm up. I hope like, like what Juzo said, I hope I always have that beginner's mind. Yeah. And you know, it's something that seems very important with improv is like warming up your joy and your play muscles if you've mm -hmm. had a hard day. Mm -hmm. And that is like a slippery fish that I have not figured out how to grab yet because it feels like when I'm like, I got it. I can show up to improv shows and have fun. Like I'll have a day that just shipwrecks me and then I'll show up and just be like, oh, I should have warmed up. Oh, oh no. My gosh. Pish, I just thought of your new mantra. Okay, oh, close your eyes. Oh, please share. Please share. Okay, close your eyes. Your new mantra before you get on stage is poopy butthole. <laughs> Feels right, doesn't it? <laughs> Storm Chaserology coming to you. Poopy butthole by Andrew <laughs> <Poopy> Pish. <laughs> no, see, this is the thing, though, because the same things aren't always funny. And that's the thing that I get into trouble with. I have a mantra, poopy butthole, right? And it's funny in this moment. And then I'm like, yeah, bring it in, poopy butthole. And I just like drop a glass on the floor. And then I go into my improv show and I'm like, poopy butthole. Oh, God damn it. It's not working. Poopy butthole. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Poopy butthole, poopy butthole, poopy butthole. Poopy butthole. You know what? I think it changes. This is why mantras change because it's like what's effective for you now will not be effective tomorrow. So you got to read yourself. I just remembered that for a long time, we were doing improv shows at a time when I was like, I was working a lot. And I remember we were, had so many shows that I was like really just getting to a point where I was fatigued. And there's this video of my goddaughter when she was like six. No, maybe she was like a year old. But her mom's being all like, can you sing, Piper? And she's like, Ehh! and like singing, but like giggling. 
And I'd be like, I have to watch this show, like watch this video before we do shows because it never doesn't bring me joy. I really like that. Do you think you could get me a copy of that and I can play it in this podcast? Absolutely. Yeah, we could talk about these shows that we've had for hours. I had so much fun with you guys. It reminded me of those days when we were performing three or four times in a week. And it was just so fun to be able to feel like there was so much growth happening in such a short time span. So it was wonderful, y'all. Uh, I love you too. It was really fun. Really, really fun. Yeah, I agreed. I'm a little bit sad that we're not going to be playing as often. This was really, really fun. I really loved playing with y'all. Again, I want to thank Kim Alou for putting together such a wonderful festival. I also want to thank all the teams that we played against. Tampoon, Baby, Lovejoy, The Sunny and Mike Hour, Orbs, and our championship opponent, Cakewalk. Congratulations to Cakewalk for kicking our butt. They really won it and they did a great show. It was fun to play with them. Congrats, you guys. Yeah, it was also just like great to meet all the teams. Everyone was like real sweethearts too. It really reminds you that the improv community is full of beautiful human beings. Can't wait to see all of you more often in the coming weeks and months and years. I also want to give a quick shout out to all of the judges of the tournament that volunteered their time to watch our shows. Annie Sage, Rocky Powell, Dana Schulman, Josh Hurley, Becky Goodman, John Windmuller, Kareem Badra, Jerry Burgos, Jeff Taylor, Michelle Gilliam, Marcus Bishop-Wright, Matt Besser, and Elka Reed. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, we should mention that one of the coolest things about this whole bracket thing that Socially Distant Improv did is as the second place team, they're letting us pick a charity and they're going to donate $500 to that charity, which is just super rad. So thank you guys. Super cool. I'm really excited about that. Do we need any final little sign off? Thanks for listening and have a poopy butthole day. Thank you so much for listening to the Storm Chaser Improv podcast show. Please check us out on stormchaserimprov.com. We are also on Instagram. Or if you want to like do us a real big favor, you can leave an Apple podcast review. We love reading those on the show. And honestly, it just makes our day. Thank you for listening to the Storm Chaser Improv Podcast Show. <laughs>